0: ladies, welcome back to the No Higher Calling podcast. We are continuing our Titus 2 study today. Denise, thanks for being on the podcast oh, again. thank
1: you for having me. I love being with you. Well, I
0: think everybody is loving you be with me because oh. I hear so much how people are just being blessed and encouraged by this Titus study. And I know that we have been so much yes. just studying God's word together yes. and in our own individual time, I never knew how much was packed into Titus. But I mean, if you listen to the podcast, I feel like every episode I record now, even outside of these Titus podcasts, it just the language ties back in in this, you know, setting things in order, this road of sanctification. And it's just been amazing over the past, goodness, six, seven, eight months, how the Lord has tied all of this in and just solidified this in my heart. Um, and so we're just going to pick up as we continue studying okay. through the things that the aged are to teach the younger. You know, we have talked about this foundation of Titus's ministering in Crete. Things are out of order in a culture that is anti Christ in, in every way, really. And in the midst of that culture, Paul is telling Titus, You have a job. You need to set things in order within your church here. And then you need to extend some of that responsibility to these aged women to teach the younger women. And we've been working through different things they were to teach. And so much of that parallels in our day to day, because we live in a perverse culture and we as Christians, as Christian women are trying to find God's order and to stand true to what his word says and to turn the tide and to change that and to see the light and the truth of God's word prevail in a perverse generation.
1: This was God's charge to Titus mm-hmm. for Crete at that time. Mm-hmm. So we are very much to be doing what God to, instructs us to do here in Titus.
0: Yes. So we're going to pick up today with studying about keepers at home. Um, and okay. we've been kind of translating some of these words from the Greek. I am not going to give you the Greek word because <laughs> <laughs> my Greek's even worse than Denise's. Um, um, I doubt but, that. <laughs> It does have the definition in this idea of being a keeper, really to be a guard of home. Um, it gave a devoted as one of the definitions of this guard, this keeper. Devoted means to be actively engaged, involved, intentional. So as we look at being... a a keeper at home. You know, I think sometimes surface level, we think, oh, I was joking around with and I said, oh, being a keeper at home just means I need to be barefoot and pregnant and, you know, working myself silly, taking care of all of the tasks of home. But I think as I was studying through this, God has such a deeper purpose for the home and for motherhood. As we've been studying through this, God gives eight things that the Asian women are to teach the younger women. And so many of these, over half of these, really, if not all of these in one way or another, mm-hmm. tie in directly to the home. We see, you know, commands regarding how we're supposed to treat our husbands and our children. And then even some of the other ones like discreet, chase, good, sober, all of these come back around to our interactions right. within the home. Right. And I think it is so important to realize that God cares about what happens in the home, that He established home and has a purpose for it in this world, and that through our ministry within our home, through serving our husbands and our children and following God's order within the walls of our home, it gives us an opportunity to reflect God's nature to a lost world, we see compassion and love and peace and hospitality. And I would like to think that those are defining characteristics of Christian homes, of my home, that would give a testimony to an, to an unsaved person, that they would be able to walk into my home and immediately sense there's something different here. And I hope that something is beautiful. I hope that something is, is something that they are, are curious about. What is it that is different? What makes this home a place of peace, of hospitality, of love? And it's the Lord Jesus Christ. right? And right. I think as, as we're going through this Titus study, just the realization the, of the powerful testimony that the home can have in a culture That we're, I mean, we're paralleling Titus's culture of Crete to our culture today. So much of what God's order is, is completely opposite. And we see that in our world today, that it's obvious that the home is important to God and for his design for man and for the gospel message to go forth, because Satan is strongly attacking the home, if not more than any other facet, the home is under attack.
1: It is. And you know, you think about those people that may come into your home that do not know the Lord, and you're talking about God, these attributes of God, and maybe you refer to Him as your Father, your Heavenly Father. Well, they come from a broken home where the Father's absent, or the Father may be abusive or something like that. They can't quite relate to God in that way. And so we are a model or an illustration an example to them, our homes can be of how we rely on our Heavenly Father and how our Heavenly Father is intimately involved in every aspect of our life. Mm-hmm. And another thing with this family as well, not only are we teaching others through our, our family, um, this relationship that we have with God and with each other, but we're training our children as well. This is the first introduction of God To our children. And that's modeled through our actions and through our family life, Mm -hmm. also through our speech and what we're teaching as well. So, what we're teaching them with our words, our actions have to reflect as well. Mm -hmm. And so, this is the first introduction to God um, for our children is through our family. So, family is very important. And I think that's why um, God gave all of these guidelines and all of these things, not for our, you know, to be laborious or to try to keep us from having fun or all those, you know, complicated things, but just because he knew that this is the way to have true joy, mm-hmm. true peace, true happiness, um, in within the family relationship, a home relationship, um, but it was also, you know, for others as well to. We are image bearers of, of God, and we are to bear that image to others um, through our family, mm-hmm. not just individually, but through our relationship in our family with our husband and our children. So it it's for our children and for generations to come, mm-hmm. and it's for um, others as well. So God is very intimately involved in families, and He has the Bible has much to say about it yes. as well.
0: And I love that you brought out how that's really our children's first introduction to God, because I think... I mean, that's why Satan wants to attack it so I'm much, as sure. if he can destroy it at its foundation, right. what is there to build upon?
1: And think about that, that person who had the abusive or mm-hmm. absent father, and then you go to them and, and try to describe God as this compassionate Abba Father. Well, that doesn't give them good... Mm -hmm. pictures or good feelings or that dredges up a whole lot of bad Mm -hmm. things that happened in their past and maybe they have a hard time relating to God in that way Mm -hmm. Um, so that is definitely what Satan wants to do he can't be your heavenly father look how bad fathers are Mm -hmm. and you know and he does attack us that way you're very you're you're right on that Mm -hmm.
0: I really think we cripple ourselves and future generations Mm -hmm. when we allow ourselves to deem home as something that is less than or as unimportant.
1: Exactly. You know, a
0: home is so much more than the house that you dwell in, than those walls. Mm -hmm. We talk about with the church, the church isn't the building, the church is the people. And same thing with the home, the home is not the house. The home is those intimate relationships that you have and the people within the walls of your house, but then that extends out as the members of your home go out and have their spheres of influence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we we tend to put such a a less than really a look at the home. Like of all the things that I'm involved in, of all the things that I do, you know, home is kind of on the bottom rung. It's just where I sleep. It's just the routine, the mundane, and all of the glorious things that I do are outside of that. But as we study this and see, God has such a, a desire for what the home can be and that it is out of the home that such a testimony for the gospel message can shine. Um, I've talked about the book, Even Exile, before. Uh, Rebecca Merkel says that the home is the beating heart that powers everything else. And I love that in just thinking that my prayer is that my, the heart of my home is the heart of God. And then as we have the heart of God as a home, that out of that comes everything else. And we'll talk about that a little bit more about, um, you know, really all of the other facets of your life being an outpouring and overflow of what God is doing within your home. But before we jump into that, I want to talk a little bit about some things that keepers at home is not, because we did kind of joke about it at the sure. beginning. Sometimes we come to this keepers at home and we think, oh, you know, well, here we are second rate women just right. stuck at home, sweeping Lies floors. From Satan. And yes, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Bringing it all back around to how Satan tries to take what God has created as beautiful and full of purpose mm-hmm. um, and what really gives us true and abiding joy and tries to turn that on its head and present it as something undesirable because he knows what God intended for home, mm-hmm. and he wants to corrupt that. So
1: you think about it too, society is only as strong as the family. Yes. So when the family breaks or falls mm-hmm. away, so does the society. Mm-hmm. And so um, the instability that we see in our world today and that Titus saw in his world, mm-hmm. in his time, at that time, was this breakdown of the family and it affects our society. Mm-hmm. It's very it's foundational. It's bedrock. Mm-hmm. This it is very important that we believe what God says about the family and about the home yes. and not what Satan says about the home. Yes. So keepers at home is not is very good. We need to cover these.
0: <laughs> yes. So keepers at home is not, so Paul is not saying that women are to never leave their homes. You know, as we think of this, you come up with all the questions. Well, am I supposed to work outside the home? What are Mm -hmm. my responsibilities? What's my husband's responsibility? Um, But Paul doesn't say that we're to never leave our homes, that we're to be, you know, stuck in our dungeon. Paul's not saying Mm -hmm. that women are the only one to work in the home. Much of the responsibilities of, Home do fall on the woman as God has really established the husband as provider, Mm -hmm. as the one that, um, you know, supplies for the needs. But much of the the nurturing and the cultivating and the shaping of home is done by the woman, is done by the wife and the mother. But husbands can help, children can help. You know, we're just in the stage where Eden's getting old enough that we're trying to teach her to help with the dishes and, you know, with the laundry. And that is not... Me taking my job of keeper at home and putting it off on her. It's it's part of home. It's part of right. like we said, raising that next generation. All of that comes in. Um Paul isn't saying that women aren't to accomplish tasks outside of the home. We're gonna talk about more that more as we dig into the Proverbs thirty one woman. Um, He's not saying that women shouldn't contribute in their church and community and culture, um, that we're just to only have our, you know, our blinders focused on home. And Denise, I think you're a wonderful example of that as, you know, you, home is your first priority, but out of your ministry and home. Mm You know, God's given you opportunities at church to serve and to minister to ladies and people, even in the community, as you know, you've been doing some political things, trying Mm -hmm. to get involved and take a stand for Christ in the community. So Paul is not boxing us in this tiny little box and saying, stay in this box and don't go out of that. You know, I think that's one of the beautiful things as we look at womanhood and as we look at keepers at home, it's going to look different for everybody, you know, there are foundational principles from God's word of what our priorities and our job and responsibility is to right. be. Right, But... I'm not going to run for a political office that that I know of, you know, and you might not host a podcast, you know, but God in, in that sphere of being a keeper at home, having that influence Uh of being a a woman Uh for Christ, it, it looks different and it can be so beautiful as we use the strengths and weaknesses that God has given us and just try to serve him. But I, and that's the
1: common denominator. Yes. That's the common denominator. It's all about imaging forth Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, we are imagers of God, and it's about making him known. Mm -hmm. That's why God chose Abraham and the Israelites, to make God known to all of those around Mm -hmm. um, the one true God. And so we can do that wherever God leads us, whether it's through a voice on podcasts or a voice in politics, mm-hmm. um, it's a it's the common denominator. It's all about making God known. Yes, and um, so He leads us in different paths for that one purpose, mm-hmm. and it's to glorify Him. That's what we are designed and created for is to glorify Him. We glorify Him in our homes. Mm-hmm. We glorify Him in our community. We glorify Him in our church. In our relationships. Glorifying God, that's our purpose and why we were created.
0: And I think that gives us such a good perspective too. I know a while back I did a podcast episode um, called Mundane Moments or Moments of Worship. Just talking mm-hmm. about how a lot of the responsibilities at right. home, we can acknowledge are mundane. Right. You know, it's not like I just enjoy vacuuming the house and, right. you know, right. that I'd much rather vacuum the house than teach Sunday school. Yeah. You know, no, yeah. not really. Um But if my purpose is to glorify God, then nothing is too low for me to do for his service. It it should be that way. And, you know, God gets just as much glory from a mama at home feeding her family, meal planning, grocery shopping, and changing diapers as God does from whatever he has given us to do. But as we look at all this and being keepers of home, I think the important thing to remember is that everything that we do really should stem out of the investment in our homes, that our priority is centered into our homes because God has given us that calling. If you are a wife, if you have a husband, Mm -hmm. you're called to be a Mm -hmm. wife. If God's given you children, you're called to be a mother. And Mm -hmm. we can't serve outside of the home to the neglect of that. Right. Um. But as we serve within our home, then out of that overflow, we can serve beyond the walls of our home. And we see that in the Proverbs 31 woman. You know, it talks in Proverbs 31 about how her husband and her children rise up and call her blessed, Mm -hmm. you know? And she's doing a lot, I mean, a lot within the walls of her home. She is working hard, but she's also doing things out in, in the church, in the community. She's buying, she's selling, she's trading. But we see that that there's this balance here. You know, she's working hard at home and she's also working hard outside, but there's this balance. And it's because of that that her husband and her children call her blessed, that her work outside of the home was a direct blessing to the people within her home, whether that was providing extra income or creating opportunities to to meet new people, to witness to new people, to be involved with people in the community. Well, it's
1: also passing... Um, things on to the children, mm-hmm. because more than likely her children are going to be with her. And so these yes. children are learning people skills, mm-hmm. life skills, communication skills. Um, and she's not only doing things to help with the family, mm-hmm. but she's also teaching the next generation. She's teaching her children how to Um, to function how Mm -hmm. to there's there's a lot of teaching involved in what she's doing here as well this buying selling trading yes Um, it's something to pass on to the next generation Mm -hmm. and the generation after that
0: and i i'll just give a hospitality plug here because that is something that's really big on my heart as i minister really from my home right as i allow that to extend beyond my home Um, you know, growing up, we hosted some people here and there, but it wasn't a common part of our life. Mm -hmm. Um, but we are trying to make that more of a regular part of just how our home works. You know, we have people in our home, whether it's people we go to church with or unsaved people, but sometimes, you know, when it's, oh goodness, hospitality night again, what am I going to cook? You know, I got to clean, but I try to have, again, back to perspective that I'm teaching my daughters, Mm -hmm. how to serve, how to love others. Um, and so hopefully one day it won't, be so foreign to right. them that it'll and just be a part
1: have, of how you do it. They don't have to be perfect yes. in order to do it. Yes. And I think that cripples us mm-hmm. when we think our homes have to be perfect. The meal has to be perfect. I have to look perfect. My children have to look mm-hmm. perfect. And then we just say, well, well, I can't I attain that. that. Yeah,
0: no, <laughs> <laughs> we've never had anybody Exactly.
1: That. <laughs> so it really, it's just, it's a part of life. Yes. It's not contingent on me being perfect is I'm taking this Mm -hmm. opportunity to pour into someone else. To either share the gospel with an unbeliever or to encourage a a sister and brother in Christ. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, and the motivation has to be Christ because Mm -hmm. if it's not, I'll never measure up to what I think I should be. Exactly. You know? And exactly. really, I think as a Christian, that should be our motivation for hospitality. Anyway, it's not. Shouldn't be out of pride to exactly. show off or
1: exactly you
0: know one up somebody. And but the it fellowship. Be to yes, to the minister. fellowship at
1: all. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes.
0: So we'll kind of transition as we continue to talk about this keeper at home, this guard at home. And as we talk about this Proverbs 31 woman, I mean, we've already said she works and she works hard. And I think sometimes, especially in our culture, we have this idea of work that it is just this terrible drudgery that we just have to do so right. that we can earn the money so that we can have the money to do the pleasurable right. things. Right, right. Um, and, and even as Christians, sometimes I think we look at Genesis and think, oh, work was a part of the curse, mm-hmm. but you know, God commanded work before the curse. Mm-hmm. God gave Adam quite the task in Genesis 1, it says, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea. And over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. That was pre-curse. That was pre-fall. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like a huge job to me. <laughs> that, it, having dominion over all of the earth, being right. fruitful and multiplying and replenishing the earth of doing it, that's a job. Sure is. But that wasn't a curse. That was God's purpose for them. And it was in fulfilling God's purpose and following God's order that they found the joy, that they found the contentment and the purpose. And seeing, it says, God blessed them. God said unto them at this point, you know, God is has man and woman, Adam and Eve. And together, he's giving them this command to to work and to work hard. And, you know, I was just thinking, what if we decided in our culture today that we are going to work hard? and pursue excellence in our homemaking. Now that doesn't mean I'm gonna pursue perfection and everything, like, like we said with hospitality, everything right. has to just be perfect. But to pursue excellence, to me, that means that I'm always learning. Mm-hmm. I'm always open to, to advice, to wisdom, mm-hmm. to growth within my home, within the service of my home. But really the only way that we can pursue excellence is to pursue Christ. Mm-hmm. Because he is the only excellent one. So it is in this pursuit of Christ um, as an individual that then that pours over into the hearts and into the hearts of those that I'm ministering to within the walls of my home, my husband and my children. Psalms 127.1 says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And, you know, I don't want all of the tasks of home to be in vain because mm. it does make it feel very mundane. Right. if It's vain. But if, if I am pursuing Christ and out of that serving within my home, the Lord's building my house. There's a purpose. There is a joy in that. And in Proverbs thirty-one twenty-seven, this is kind of the verse that I've claimed for no higher calling. She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. You know, I think in, in just women in general, and I know it's something that I struggle with. We have this. Draw to idleness, you know, especially with social media. You know, it's a long day. What do mm-hmm. I do? I flop down. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to be on Instagram for a couple minutes just to check out. And then three hours later, here yeah. I am, which means I go to bed late. I, I wake up late, right. which throws off my day. I'm right. tired. And then here, you know, unkind speech comes out. I'm not modeling Christ's likeness. Um, so we should not eat the bread of idleness. And that doesn't mean that we can't have fun and enjoy life and enjoy rest. Mm-hmm. But that we should look well to the ways of our household. We need to be a wise person. When we stand. have
1: too much idleness, we mm-hmm. make up things to do. Yes. And you've heard people say, do they not have anything better to do besides, you know, I think about people who hack mm-hmm. into, you know, my account <laughs> yes. or whatever or, or steal my identity. And I'm thinking there's nothing there. <laughs> Why you would they do the that? They have nothing better to do than to just cause trouble for me mm-hmm. and make where I have to get a new card or whatever. Idleness, when we do not when we are not about the things of God and we have that idleness, we create our own. And that just gives the devil an opportunity to um you know to just tempt us into things that we shouldn't be a part of. Mm-hmm. And so idleness is a very dangerous place to be. Yeah can be a very dangerous well, and place to I feel to be. like
0: we are seeing that very much in our culture today, even over the past couple years, um, where we just can't find people to work. Right. People are, are choosing idleness, overwork, mm-hmm. leaning mm-hmm. on the government, but we are at suicide rates and mental mm-hmm. health mm-hmm. rates that we've never been at before. They're, people are lacking a satisfaction, and a joy, and a contentment. The
1: drug abuse is up. The domestic violence is up. All of these things are up, and a lot of it is because of idleness, Mm -hmm. and it is eating not the bread of idleness. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's something um, that is destroying our society. It's destroying our families, and it's destroying people. Mm -hmm. It's not something that we need to be Um, I I know our flesh seems to gravitate toward that, but it is not something that we need to, we don't need to stay there very long at all because it's very dangerous Mm -hmm. to be idle.
0: Yes. And like I said, I think that all just ties back into that God created us for work. And again, it is in his order Mm -hmm. that we find our purpose and it is in fulfilling our purpose that we find a joy that nothing else can give but Christ. And, And to have that, We have have to work. We have to be a keeper at home. We have to guard. We have to take care. We have to pursue excellence within our home. We've mentioned this before, but just remembering that perspective is everything. One more quote from um, the Even Exile book that I was reading. Uh, The author says, but a woman raising her children is not only shaping the next generation. She is also shaping little humans who are going to live forever. The souls she gave birth to are immortal, immortal. And somehow our culture looks at a woman who treats that as if it might be an important task and says, it's a shame she's wasting herself. She could be doing something important, like filing paperwork for insurance (laughs) claims. Now, if you file paperwork for insurance claims, I am not belittling your job. We need people in the workforce to do all these things to help Mm -hmm. our society run. But the principle here is that, you know, we, our, our culture looks at home and says, oh, you're a stay at home mom, or you're investing in your home and your children, well, that's a less than thing. Mm-hmm. Come out, come out here and do the worthy things, climb the corporate ladder, give your life to a career. Right. Um, and, and some days, like I said, it may feel that when you're haven't showered in, you know, how many days and you're sweeping up <laughs> crumbs for the 50th time, but, but looking beyond that and realizing that the job of home the job that God has given to a father and to a mother and really to mothers as being the keepers of that home is to raise not just people, but souls. Mm-hmm. And to me, I mean, sometimes I just I think about that and it's almost like a crushing weight of responsibility yes. of God has entrusted four human beings to me. Yeah. And, and part of that is keeping their clothes clean and keeping their mouths fed. But part of that is also teaching them the truths of God's word, is teaching them to read so that they can read his word for themselves. And when I have the correct perspective, really when my eyes are focused on God and his word and his truth and his order It keeps my heart in the right spot. It's when I when I get out of that, when I'm focusing on me, and well, this is taking my time, and I'd rather do, I'd rather be idle over here, right? Right? You know, and um, it's just keeping that perspective. Proverbs 14:1 says, "Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands." We have a contrast here of a wise woman, piece by piece, brick by brick. You know, they say Rome wasn't built in a day. A home is not built in a day. It's the day in, day out, mundane of another brick, mortar, brick, (laughs) mortar. But the same way the foolish plucketh it down with her hands, piece by piece by piece, you can tear down and destroy. And I think that's a really challenging reminder to us as keepers of home. Are we piece by piece building? Are we piece by piece taking down? Mm -hmm. Are we maybe putting on a brick, taking off a brick, putting Mm -hmm. on a brick, taking Mm -hmm. off a brick? You know, what, how are, we've talked about this road of sanctification as we are building this home, this house for the Lord, is it getting bigger and bigger? Are we, are we finishing this home? And again, like we said, really, it's the Lord that builds the house. But as we align our heart with the Lord and do things his way, we get, to work side by side with Christ in we this amazing We can cooperate responsibility. with him yes.
1: and believe him and, and, and be wise. Um, or we can listen to the lies of the devil. Mm-hmm. That's foolishness. Yes. The, the definition of foolishness. And it will come tumbling down by our hands, mm-hmm. by our efforts, because we're listening to the devil instead of listening to um, what God tells us.
0: Mm-hmm. Proverbs twenty four three and four says through wisdom and houses builded and by understanding it is established and by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches, and you know I I think we see our nation as a whole and look at it like how did we get here, but if we back up I mean it it comes down to there were generations where they. They weren't building. Right. They weren't finding that wisdom in God's word, and and now we're here. You know, we can whatever of the past, but we are right. here now. Right. So what do we do? You know, how how do we change this tide? Is it even going to make a dent if I decide I'm going to be a keeper at home? But I think it does. Yeah. I think it does. You know, I was I was thinking about just the ocean and how we have these mighty, powerful, strong waves that that are beautiful but they can also do damage but you know but the power that is in that wave but that wave is made up by how many teeny tiny little droplets Mm -hmm. you know but it is all of those together doing what they were created to do that gives the power to the wave and i just think about you know i i am one little droplet but if i do my job if i Stick to the Bible and do things God's way. And you do that in your home and the listeners do that in their home. It can create a wave that can turn the tide of a culture. And I, I think that's what we gotta do. Our pastor talks all the time back to the Bible. Back to the mm-hmm. Bible. We've got to get back to the Bible and and God God can do things right. with a submitted, right. humbled people.
1: Our Pastor also talks about from faith to faith. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, we got to this position where we are little by little, and we're going to get out of it little by little. And, um, you know, not that the whole world may change because mm-hmm. we know the scripture says that man will wax worse and worse. Yes. But I do think that there are, that God is calling people to trust him mm-hmm. and to believe what he says. And I know that this was true in my own life when my daughter was young Um, she was, um, I guess, about six months old. I went back to work. I was climbing that corporate ladder of an engineering firm. And um, I really wanted to do that. And so I put her in daycare. And um, they had her more than I had her. You know, they had more influence over her than I had. Even when she started school, the teacher would tell her something and she would get it confused, but she swore up and down that the teacher was right. She wasn't listening to me. Mm -hmm. She was listening more to her teacher. And there was an accident. She had an accident and we had to take her to the hospital. And God did something in that accident within my heart. And I thought, this is the most important thing to me Mm -hmm. right now is this child and God has entrusted me with this. And He just flipped a switch within me. I knew I needed to be at home raising my children. Mm-hmm. And I knew that we would have more children after her. This is my oldest. And so I became a stay at home mom. And it was quite the adjustment because I'd spent a lot of time, you know, working in the corporate world and trying to climb that corporate ladder. Mm-hmm. And because I just heard the Lord say, I had no idea. I had no idea how we were going to make it without my income. Mm -hmm. I really had no idea. Um, I could clean house, but I wasn't a very good cook. I didn't know. I, I didn't know. I was not really prepared. I had not given attention to it. I had an excellent mother. My mother stayed at home with us, with us kids, and she was a good, godly woman. And I had learned a lot from her that I didn't realize that I had learned, Mm -hmm. but I had had not practiced those things. So when I came out of the workforce and came home, um, I had to practice those things. And in the beginning, it wasn't real pretty. It wasn't real good. I burned a lot of things, messed up a lot of things. Um, And my daughter would even cry when we would go by the school playground, and she'd see all the kids playing. She wanted to go play with the kids, and I think, I've given up everything to stay at home with you, and you're crying wanting to go to the playground. But little by little, faith by faith, because I listened to him during that ac- during that time of accident, mm-hmm. and I said, I'm going to leave my job. And then I got home, and I was like, now what do I do? This was much harder than what I was doing mm-hmm. at my employment, and um, he showed me every way, every little step, every little step, every little thing that came up, I just trusted him, and tried to obey him, not all the time, there was times I'm like, I'm not doing that, but faith by faith, from faith to faith, in the little things, you trust him in the little things, and then they get bigger and bigger, but our faith is developed, our faith is deepened, our trust in Him is deepened, and truly, we just, we just obey what He tells us to do. And that was that journey, and I stayed at home with my children. I had another uh, son five years later, and I stayed home with them throughout uh, until high school, and it wasn't until high school that I started, when my children were in high school, that I started working outside of the home on a more regular basis. Now, I did little odd jobs, you know, but it wasn't until they were um, older that I worked outside of the home on a part-time. It still wasn't full-time employment, so I think, too, if anyone senses or knows that the Lord is speaking to them, telling them that they need to change, whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. For me, it was coming out of the workforce. Um, But whatever it is, just trust Him and obey Him. Mm -hmm. And He will make a way. I'm not saying it won't be without suffering. It won't be easy. But He will provide a way. And He did. And you know what? We got to where we didn't need my income. Mm -hmm. And we didn't miss it at all. And I would not change those moments that i had with my children for anything mm-hmm. i can never go back and get them i can never go back and recapture those moments and they're just they're memories and they're um they're just blessings they're treasures to me and i would never change that that little bit of faith yes. and obedience at that moment in time to come out of corporate america mm-hmm. i would not change it for the world so i would I would just encourage and challenge anyone that's listening. The Lord's leading you a certain way. Just trust Him and obey Him. He has it all worked out, and He has our best interest at heart. So uh, we can trust Him, and we can believe what He says. Mm -hmm. And that's how. That's how. It's from faith to faith. Mm -hmm. We trust Him in the little small things, and we walk. We just walk in a faith life believing what He says is true and then obeying Him.
0: Mm I think sometimes too, we just have to get a little creative. Right. You know, and maybe think outside of the Mm. box. Um, Because I know uh, several of my friends that home is their first priority. And a lot of them are stay at home moms. But again, like this Proverbs 31 woman, out of home. They then, you know, I have one friend, she sews, she has little girls, she makes their clothes and she makes some extras, you know, sells those on the side. Even, you know, this podcasting, my first priority is home. But I have a few evenings a month that Mm -hmm. I steal away in the closet and (laughs) record episodes, (laughs) you know, and so sometimes I think we just have to get our mind off the track of it has to look either this way or this way and be like, Lord... How can I get creative here? How can I use what you've given me? And and God wants our investment to be in our husband and children. We've seen that through Titus. And he will provide a way for oh, that yeah. to happen because that is his order.
1: I remember my husband one time had a customer. Mm-hmm. And they had these little wiring harnesses that they need built. And they needed to be built by hand. Mm-hmm. They couldn't uh, They couldn't build a machine to build them. There were thousands of them. And another young mom and myself, he brought this idea home. Said, what do you think? And we thought, well. We can do that during nap time yes. or we can do that. You know, we can find some hours to do that. And so we hand crimped and made these little wiring harnesses for this company um, for a couple of years. And it was a little extra income. Mm -hmm. And God gave us that. God gave that to my husband through one of his Mm -hmm. customers. And it was a little extra income. So God provides. He will provide. And it is creative. And Mm -hmm. who would have ever thought I, I didn't there wasn't really a particular skill needed to do that, um, but I was trainable, and they showed me how to do it, and there we went. This other mom and I made us some little extra income for our family, so yes, creativity, but just believe mm-hmm. God, trust him, He will provide, and it will come in the most unusual ways and it's really exciting. I look back now over my life, how God has provided and how he has just orchestrated things in my life, I would have never come up with something as grand and glorious as mm-hmm. he has done. And he has filled our life with such blessings. And I think it's all because trying to follow his order mm-hmm. and, and, and trust him and believing what he says is true and obeying. Mm-hmm. And uh, the moments that I didn't obey, they came with great cost and, and great grief, you know, so um, I think that's just key. We have to believe God's word and that he will do what he says he will do. And it's not always without suffering. It's not always without pain, but it's always beautiful. And it's always for our good and his glory.
0: So let me ask you kind of as my Titus 2 mentor question. So you're having years of experience and you're looking back now on another generation. You have a grandchild now. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the front end raising the little ones. You know, you made that mention about the playground. You know, mm-hmm. we homeschool, and Eden wants nothing more than to ride the bus to school. <laughs> I mean, she just, oh, I just want to ride the bus. I'm like, honey, you don't want to ride the bus. <laughs> um, but, you know, and then sometimes I've had that thought, like, girl, do you know what I do you know what I sacrificed to homeschool you yes, and hear yes. your complaining? you don't get to ride the bus. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you know, I, I had the little ones. I don't have that long look. Mm-hmm. So you made that choice. You chose to stay home. Mm-hmm. Do you see fruit of that now that you are watching your daughter parent to your grandchildren?
1: Yes, I do. Um, especially with my daughter that has my grandson. Mm-hmm. Um, I am hearing her say things that I thought she'd never say. Um, she wants to, she wants her children to be a blessing to others. Um, she wants her children to know the Lord and to serve the Lord. Um, she is implementing things in her home that she hated, that I implemented at mm-hmm. the time. And, uh, but she's implementing them because she sees the benefit of that and, um, You know, I think all of us have a time where we have to um, believe God for ourselves. Mm -hmm. We come to that place. Um, It's no longer mom and dad's God and I'm going to church because mom and dad or I'm I'm doing this thing because of mom and dad. It has to be because they love the Lord and they want to serve the Lord and please the Lord. And she had that time and my Mm -hmm. son had that time as well. Um. I don't know, maybe a transition time where they're kind of looking at the world and chasing the world and thinking the world looks great, but that was instilled in them. And I saw my daughter um, come full circle and say, you know what? I know the God of my mom and dad and what my mom and dad said about him. I'm discovering for myself is true. And he has provided in this way and this way. And I have seen her faith grow because her trust in God has grown. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't happen unless you have um, trials and tribulations that you have to work through. And so, um, you know, my prayer changed many years back. I didn't know exactly how to pray for my children um, when they were making bad decisions, if you will. And I just thought... God gave me this thought if they love me with all their heart mind soul and strength, then everything else will will yes. work out mm-hmm. and so that began i began the the um this journey of praying that singular prayer for my mm-hmm. children that they would just love him with all their heart mind soul and strength and I've seen God answer that prayer, mm-hmm. especially in my um daughter my son has just recently well it, a year he's been married a little over a year they don't have children yet but something happens when you have children it's kind of like I don't know if that's when you become an adult yeah, or you what grow you grow up fast and so um they are enjoying getting to know each other mm-hmm. and he has even made statements that I thought he would never make well when I have children uh, you know we're going to do this, which is a principle from God's word. And so it's really, I'm, I am seeing that. I thought at first it was that I had done a horrible job and probably I did do a horrible job at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm seeing God provide and be faithful and answer those prayers that I prayed all those mm-hmm. years. Um, so, yes, I, I I I want to give hope. I okay. want to give hope. Not everyone, because when you become an adult, you are responsible for your own decisions, and they make and people make their own decisions. Mm-hmm. And some choose to turn their back on God. They may have been raised and they turn their back on God. But I want to offer hope. Keep praying, mm-hmm. because there's not a case that's too hard for God. Mm-hmm. There's not a heart that God cannot turn. Um, there's not a heart that he cannot break it cannot be a person cannot be too far gone for him to reach Mm -hmm. and so just keep praying keep hoping and keep living your life do not compromise Mm -hmm. because you're afraid you're going to lose your children keep living your life according to God's order trusting and obeying him even at my age, I have to continue to trust and obey the Lord and keep doing that even for your adult children.
0: We'll wrap up this episode with Exodus nineteen five. It says, Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. You know, I, I hope that we have homes that are a peculiar treasure above all to the Lord. You know, that we can turn the tide, maybe not on a national scale, but within the walls of our home, impacting our community, impacting future generations. You know, as you mentioned, even your children coming back now, saying mm-hmm. things, doing things that they might've bristled against, but right. now that they have their homes. And I think about that as I have my little ones, you know, I I hope these things sink in right. and that one day they'll hear mommy's voice when they're saying those words right. of truth and... So just the, like I said, you know, we talked about that verse in Proverbs. Um, Are we building up or are we tearing down our homes? You know, we've seen a culture where it's just, it's been a foolish choices of tearing down, tearing down, tearing down, and it has left compounded confusion, but we can, you know. Gird up our loins, put on our armor, raise our little soldiers for the Lord and brick by brick, build up our house as we are keepers at home, as we are guards of our home. Back to that definition, as we're devoted, as we're actively engaged and involved and intentional at, at taking care of our home, of being a wise steward of what God has given us within the walls of home. We don't have to continue in the cultural norm and the stigmas and the lies, like you said, that Satan has caused us to believe. We can follow in God's way, and it is in God's way that we find joy and satisfaction and contentment that can't be found in any other thing.
1: I would go so far as to say that Christ and the Word of God is the only hope we have. So stand firm. And continue on, onward Christian soldier, right?
0: Yes. Well, do you mind to close this episode out in prayer for us?
1: Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you so much for your provision, for your protection, for your word, for everything that you are to us. You are our all in all. And we glorify and magnify your holy name. Father, thank you for what we have learned today. I pray that you would help us to see our homes as a a high calling, as a mighty work of God, and that you would enable us to put into uh, practice these things that you have taught us today. And I pray, Father, that you would turn the tide, that you would um, bring back this family unit, that you would begin with us and the listeners that are hearing this. I pray, Father, that you would prick our hearts And that you would help us to be good keepers at home, us women. And I pray that it would just make a difference in our homes, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our church, our community, even in our nation. Father, you are our only hope and you are the only one we trust. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and ask these things. Amen.
0: I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.